He's faster than a speeding bullet. And he's the superhero of Gotham City. And now they're teaming up. A partnership? You're joking. To battle the most evil villains of the century. Pay me one billion dollars and I'll kill Superman. Deal? Deal. With Joker, expect the unexpected. Look at all the toys. Santa's been good to you, Lex. He's gotta be kidding. If one superhero is good... Don't keep us in suspense. Then two superheroes must be better. Think about it. It's two times the action, two times the danger, and two times the excitement. The Batman Superman movie. It's over, Joker. It hasn't begun to be... Do you, Chris, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to barrage her with obscure facts concerning comics, movies, TV shows, and toys? I do. And Cindy, do you take this man-child to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to humor him by engaging him in his obsessive ramblings, for better or worse, in pre-crisis or in post? Sure, why not? Then by the power invested in me by the High Father of the Fourth World, I now pronounce you Supermates. You may podcast with the bride. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Supermates Husband and Wife Geekcast. I'm Chris. I'm Cindy. And I'm Andrew. Yes, our son Andrew has rejoined us again as we once again venture into the animated DC Universe. Uh, since the Timverse. It, the Timverse. And it's only appropriate that we do because since every other show is doing a series leading up to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Dishwashing Liquid, <laughs> or whatever, as, as Rob likes to say, Tony Orlando and Dawn or whatever, we thought we'd throw our hats in the ring. And, you know, since we kind of tend to do quite a bit of stuff on the animated universe, what better thing to cover than the original Batman Superman movie? Right. The three-part World's Finest from Superman the Animated Series. You know, actually, by the time this is over, let's see, I was on, me and Rob did a Power Records. We did a film in water on Hollywoodland because of the right. tie-in with Ben Affleck playing, sort of kind of playing Superman and playing Batman. And then there will be a Fire and Water episode on Batman v Superman that we're all going to attempt to beyond do a round table that might be it it might just be these you know that would make four Mm -hmm. so that makes sense so there you go just in case we've covered superman the animated series before but just so you get get an idea of where this one came in superman the animated series debuted on the wb network in 1996 around that time fox's contract on batman the animated series finally ended and wb was free to move batman over to the kids wb New Batman episodes were ordered to freshen the pot, and the show morphed into the new Batman Superman Adventures. Now, I recalled this being the first time we saw the new look Batman and company, but according to sources online, it was several episodes in for both Superman and Batman that season. So they had actually aired Holiday Nights first, which I don't remember that. but. But we were in college, and we had to come home to watch right, WGN because right. we didn't have it where we were going to college. And like my mom would record them. Mm-hmm. We'd come home and watch it. So that might be part of it. I think maybe I saw maybe I saw this one before I saw the tapes that I had of the other ones. Maybe that's what it was. I saw this one new, you know, right. live. But it was intended to be the beginning of the new Theories, Look Batman. Yeah. And Tim, Bruce Tim and company even say that. 
uh, in the on the DVD special features on the Superman animated set. This were, was originally aired as one long weekend event, so they aired all three parts together, mm-hmm. and then later they stripped it in parts at, within Superman the animated series. It was released on home video as the Batman Superman movie, as we mentioned above. But I don't believe there are any edits between the two versions. We had that at one point, but I couldn't find it. I don't know what happened to I, it. I'm pretty sure we took it over to my mother's, but who knows it, You know what she's done. So with the, probably from in the yard sale. I yeah. only doubt it. <laughs> so the kids would have it over there to watch if they wanted to, yeah, yeah. years ago. But I don't think, other than uh, limiting the previously sick previously on Superman segments that, right, that, that there's it any changes. affects anything. So with that, all that out of the way, we'll jump right into it. Superman, the animated series, World's Finest, Parts 1 through 3, originally aired October 4th, 1997. The story was by Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, and written by Stan Berkowitz, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Rich Fogle, and Steve Gerber. Directed by, I'm going to slaughter this, Toshi Heiko Mazuda. I tried to say it right, so I apologize if I didn't. Music by Michael McQuiston and Lolita Ritmanis. Animation services by TMS. For the cast, we had Tim Daly as Superman Clark Kent, Dana Delaney as Lois Lane, Kevin Conroy, of course, as Batman Bruce Wayne, Mark Hamill, of course, as the Joker, Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor, Arlene Sorkin as Harley Quinn, Lisa Edelston as Mercy Graves, Lauren Tom as Angela Chin, Bob Hastings as Commissioner James Gordon, Robert Costanzo as Detective Harvey Bullock, Joseph Bologna as Dan Turpin, Ephraim Zimless Jr. as Alfred Pennyworth, and Brad Garrett as Bibbo. Part 1. On a rainy night in Gotham, the Joker and Harley Quinn visit an antique store. The demented duo steals a jade dragon statue and leaves the shop owner with a smile. Later at the crime scene, Commissioner Gordon notes how rumor has the Joker strapped for cash. Batman arrives and takes a sample of the glowing jade with him for study. In the Batcave, he discovers the fragment is radioactive, which accounts for the deaths attributed to the curse surrounding the dragon's previous owners. He confirms with Alfred that Bruce Wayne is scheduled for a trip to Metropolis. Alfred, isn't Bruce Wayne about due for a trip to Metropolis? Yes, but do you think this is an appropriate time? I'd say the timing couldn't be better. Sometime later, terrorists seize Air Force One. Among the press is Lois Lane, much to the chagrin of her captors. As they expected, Superman is soon upon them, and quickly lays their plans to waste. With the president safe, Superman prepares to fly off. Lois stops him and tries to arrange a date, but a bank robbery is a more pressing matter for the Man of Steel. Elsewhere in Metropolis, Lex Luthor's gal Friday, Mercy, is replaced by Harley Quinn, who takes a malevolent millionaire on a joyride. She picks up the Joker, who has an offer for the tycoon. The Joker, strapped for cash thanks to Batman's constant interference, offers to kill Superman for one billion dollars. Lex scoffs, but the Joker produces the Jade Giant, revealing it is made of solid kryptonite. Pay me one billion dollars and I'll kill Superman. (laughs) What makes you think you can kill Superman when you can't even handle a mere mortal in a Halloween costume? There's nothing mere about that mortal. Besides, I've read up on your flyboy. I know his weakness. See? Solid kryptonite. You know I can't be connected to this in any way. Oh, you'll be Mr. Clean. I promise. Deal? 
deal. Back at Metropolis Airport, Lois and Clark Kent await the arrival of billionaire Bruce Wayne in town to broker a deal with LexCorp. Lois is instantly smitten with the handsome one percenter. Bruce recognizes the famous reporter and introduces himself, giving Clark the cold shoulder. He sets up a date, leaving Lois awestruck and Clark dumbstruck. The Joker and Harley muscle in on local mobster Cesar Carlini and take over his gang. Later at Metropolis General Hospital, Superman and Inspector Dan Turpin discuss Carlini's hysterical state, and they both know who must be behind it. At a facility on the outskirts of Metropolis, Lex shows Bruce the fruits of their joint efforts, the Wayne Lex T7 all-terrain robot. Bruce is impressed and believes they will be quite useful in unmanned space travel. Lex then shows Bruce giant versions of the robots. He talks of military applications, which Bruce refuses to hear. He leaves an angry Lex behind and heads off to his date with Lois. At a high-rise restaurant, Lois grows annoyed with Bruce's constant questions about Superman, so the smooth operator changes tactics and takes her to the dance floor. While Clark asks information about any Joker activity at a local pool hall, Batman drops in on the Rockers nightclub, literally. Crashing through the skylight, as always, he roughs up the criminal clubgoers looking for info on Carlini's replacement. Superman interrupts his violent interrogation of Carlini's former right-hand man, but the Dark Knight catches the Man of Steel off guard and Judo throws him across the room. The last son of Krypton responds by body slamming Batman into a wall. He then takes the opportunity to warn Batman he won't accept his brand of vigilantism in his own town and peeks under his cowl with his x-ray vision. He is shocked to find Bruce Wayne's face beneath. Bruce Wayne? You peeked. I won't have vigilantism in my town. You'll be rid of me. As soon as I find the Joker. That may not be soon enough. Ugh. It doesn't take much, does it? The Joker has 20 pounds more where this came from. Thought you might like to know. He leaves the fragment, and when Superman turns around, his opponent is gone. Superman returns to Clark Kent's apartment. He receives a call from Lois, who lets him know she's going to be in late due to breakfast with Bruce. As Lois drones on about how they were wrong about Bruce, Clark notices a tiny bat-shaped tracking device on his cape. Using his telescopic vision, he spies Batman looking back at him through binoculars. The Dark Knight waves and leaps away. His secret identity exposed, a disgusted Clark crushes the tracking device. Touché. member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Melbourne. Part 2. Bruce stops by the Daily Planet to take Lois out on a tour of the city. 
While she stops in to talk to Perry White, the conversation between Clark and Bruce goes from a professional one about the Joker to a personal one concerning Lois. She never stops, does she? Not that I've noticed. Any luck finding the comedian? Three nights, and not so much as a green hair. Of course, you have been dividing your time between work and Lois. Is that a problem? Let's just say I'm concerned. Your reputation is dubious, in and out of costume. Don't worry. I'm taking Lois quite seriously. Besides, it seems to me you had your chance. So, Mr. Wayne, ready to sweep me off my feet? Be seeing you. At another rooftop restaurant later that night, Bruce asks Lois if she and Clark were in any kind of relationship. She answers that his only competition flew away some time ago. With that cue, the Joker and his new gang enter the scene, and the clown prince shocks Lois unconscious with his joy buzzer. A hail of bullets interrupts an angry Bruce's response. Although he falls from the roof, he manages to catch himself on a ledge, while the Joker spirits Lois away in his custom-branded Zeppelin. Superman arrives at the crime scene, and Bruce warns him that Lois is only bait. You realize she's just the bait. I'll be careful. Careful won't cut it. With Joker, expect the unexpected. Maybe you should have remembered that. At his hideout, a gleeful Joker gloats about his prized kryptonite statue as he breaks it into two. He informs Lois that she is about to witness the scoop of the century, the death of Superman. Alfred helps Batman prep the Batwing, which takes them off into the night. At Metropolis SCU headquarters, Turpin and Superman receive a video transmission from the Joker, taunting them with the captured Lois. Joker sends his whereabouts via a blinding message that only Superman can see, and the Man of Steel is off. Batman tracks Superman to the location, a LexCorp chemical lab. Superman arrives in his lead-lined protective suit, and the Joker is flummoxed as to why his large chunk of kryptonite has no effect. Defeated, he takes the Metropolis Marvel to the captive Lois. Then the Jack of Knaves sprays Superman with his acid-spewing flower. The chemical eats through Superman's armor, leaving him vulnerable to the nearby kryptonite. With the Man of Steel down, the Joker dances around his foe, shocking him with his amped-up joy buzzer. His fun is interrupted by a call from Harley. Batman has arrived. Batman makes his way through Joker's hired guns and finds the irradiated Superman and Lois. The Joker traps all three of them in the sealed room and begins filling it with his Joker gas. Batman finds hydrochloric acid, but he knows it will take too long to eat through the wall. A struggling Superman suggests using the acid on the kryptonite. The Cape Crusader complies, and a shaky Superman grabs Lois and Batman and busts them out of the room. They catch up to the crime clown, but a bag of explosive marbles brings the house down. A grateful Superman flies them to safety, but as usual, Batman is less than gracious. Batman hitches a ride on his Batwing and flies off. The next day, Lex attempts to ally the oppressor's fears at the explosion site. As Luther walks away, Clark overhears Lex mentioning the Joker to Mercy. The mad mogul and his henchwench head over to the Joker's hideout and announce themselves with a barrage of machine gunfire. Lex is less than happy with the Joker's lack of discretion. Honestly, Lex, don't you think I feel bad enough already? <laughs> You maniac! You idiot! How dare you use one of my laboratories for you, Harley? Put him down, Baldy! Mercy! Ah! Here's that punch in the face! Can't we discuss this like gentlemen? Yeah. Ooh, listen 
until Little Miss can't take a joke. Thank you. Have a seat, please. As the two malls duke it out, Lex and Joker have a chat. Joker attempts to get Lex to pay double to eliminate Batman as well, but Luther isn't having it. He warns the Joker he has one more chance to get the job done. Clark visits Lois at her apartment and is surprised to find Bruce there. He reveals that he thinks Lex is in league with the Joker. Bruce offers to ask Lex in person. Later that night at Lex's home, Batman makes quick work of mercy and startles a sleeping Luthor. The usually unflappable Lex is genuinely rattled by the Dark Knight's appearance, but his guards arrive before Batman learns anything of his deal with the Joker. Lex tells Mercy to call the Clown Prince. Batman is now officially a problem. At the Daily Planet, Clark is stunned to find Lois is planning to transfer to the Gotham City branch of the paper. Their discussion is interrupted of news of a distressed cruise ship. Clark answers the call as Superman, while across town, Bruce Wayne notices the Joker's blimp, emblazoned with a message pointing toward Hobbs Bay. Alfred suggests Bruce copy the locals and fly over with his winged jetpack. Out at sea, Superman arrives at the cruise ship and finds a small remote-controlled boat sent the distress call. The boat explodes and the ship is soon damaged and sinking. At Hobbs Bay, Batman quickly finds the Joker, but the killer clown has a surprise for him. The Wayne Lex T7 robot, set to kill. Hey there, my name is Al Gerding, and I have a favor to ask. If you're a fan of the Justice Society of America or other DC Comics Heroes of the Golden Age, please listen to my new podcast, The All-Star Comics Review. Grab your reprints, DC Archive editions, or the original comics if you're lucky enough to own them, and let's explore the adventures of the JSA and other Golden Age greats. Follow along with the All-Star Comics Review podcast, now found on iTunes, allstarcomicsreview.blogspot.com, and Facebook. Part 3. Superman repairs the hole in the battered cruise ship while back in Metropolis, Batman uses his jet wing pack to evade the robot's laser blast. The Dark Knight is eventually grounded and soon the robot is chasing him through the streets of Metropolis. Hoping for some super-powered help, Batman leads the killing machine to the Daily Planet. Instead of Clark Kent, he finds Lois Lane. Batman picks her up and runs from the fast-approaching T-7. Their chase leads them to the press room, where the Dark Knight loses his cape and cowl to the running presses. Lois helps him distract the robot, and Batman pushes it into the giant rollers. She is stunned to find her new boyfriend, Moonlight, as a costume vigilante. So when were you going to tell me? The honeymoon? Stay back. Did I miss anything? The robot rises once more, but luckily Superman arrives in time to destroy it. Lex isn't happy about this turn of events, and now the Joker's actions point directly toward him. He calls one final meeting. At Lois's apartment, she dresses Bruce's wounds and dresses him down for not being honest with her. 
How could you have lied to me like that? Now, I never actually said I wasn't Batman. Ow! You want to know what really galls me? I mean, beside the fact that the new man in my life is really two men, it's that I'm sitting on the hottest story of the year, Batman, unmasked, and there's not a blessed thing I can do about it. Then you really do love me. I'll get some iodine for that scrape. Burning, stinging iodine. I see she's taking it well. It's ironic, you know. She likes Bruce Wayne and she likes Superman. It's the other two guys she's not crazy about. Too bad we can't mix and match. I'm not used to being rescued. Thanks. I owed you one. That robot tonight. It came from LexCorp. I can prove it. That's why I'm here. I figured you might want to help me bring Luthor in. A partnership? You're joking. Actually, I'm having trouble finding Luthor, and I thought you might have some ideas. I might. She's not gonna like this, me leaving so soon for another fight. Tell me about it. At his mountain facility, Lex shows Joker and Harley the array of T-7 robots. But the Clown Prince is more interested in his flying wing airship. When Harley confirms she has the kryptonite in her purse, Lex double-crosses the demented duo. Did you bring the rest of the kryptonite? Right here, Chrome Dome. What's the plan? Payback. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> Don't you get it, Harl? We're being set up to take the fall. He can't do that. Oh, no. How does this sound? When I heard that one of my robots had been commandeered to kill Batman, I personally came here to investigate, and much to my surprise, I found you two. It'll be your word against Puddin's. I, I mean, Mr. Chase. Somehow, Pooh, I don't think we're gonna get the chance to say much. You... you mean he's gonna kill us? No, she is. I abhor violence. Lex opens the purse to find it full of exploding snakes and balls, and soon the Joker double-crosses the double-crosser. With no chance of making his billion, the Joker takes the flying wing as his consolation prize and customizes it into a giant smile. Luthor attempts to buy him off, but the Joker plans to destroy everything he has built and holds dear. Joker sees Superman and Batman coming in on the radar, and he and Harley prepare for takeoff, with Lex on board and Mercy tied to a giant T-7 robot. The world's finest heroes arrive at the LexCore compound, and Joker activates all of the large-scale T-7 robots before blasting off in the flying wing. The heroes eventually destroy all of the robots, including the one Mercy was bound to. She tells them of the Joker's plan to destroy everything Lex built, which means nearly half of Metropolis. Before they can act, a colossal T-7 crashes through the roof. Superman tells Batman to go after the Joker while he deals with the robot. Unfortunately, he learns too late that this robot contains the final chunk of the Joker, Joker's kryptonite taped to its body. The Joker blasts downtown Metropolis with the Lex Wing's weapons. Batman launches a counterattack with the Batwing, but his jet is soon hit and the masked manhunter is forced to bail out. He lands on the Lex Wing and uses a bomb from his utility belt to blast his way inside the ship. Meanwhile, Superman is losing his fight with the giant T-7. The robot attempts to smash the Man of Steel with one of Luthor's giant lead-lined doors, which protects Superman from the kryptonite's effects. The robot is smashed into a mountainside and the kryptonite crumbles into tiny shards. Superman heads into Metropolis. Batman attacks Joker in the cockpit as the plane spirals out of control. 
a bound Lex orders a hapless Harley to take over, and the ship is soon in a nosedive headed for the heart of downtown. Superman arrives and lifts the plane in time to save a skyscraper. He busts in the cockpit as the Joker's explosive marbles spill everywhere. Superman grabs Lex and Batman grabs Harley and they jump from the crashing jet. Joker fumbles with parachutes as his exploding marbles race toward him. As Superman flies away with Lex in tow, Batman and Harley slowly descend via parachute. The Lex wing erupts in a series of concussive explosions. crash into the ocean and a massive explosion erupts from the sea, with Superman pulling Batman's chute away from the aftermath just in time. The next day, TV anchor Angela Chen reports that Joker's body has not been found, of course, and that Lex is defending himself from legal and public scrutiny for his alleged involvement with the missing madman. As a result, Bruce Wayne dissolves his partnership with LexCorp. Another partnership's dissolve as Lois sees Bruce off at the airport. I still wish you'd change your mind about Gotham. I adore you, Bruce, but now there's a lot about you I don't know, and I'm not sure I want to know. I understand. Take care of yourself. Come to make sure I'm leaving? Actually, I thought we worked pretty well together. Not that I want to make it a regular event. She's all yours now, if you can handle that. But you'd better be good to her, because I know where you live. Okay, now that's a great team-up. Uh, you know, the animated team, of course, they do a great job, but they, they did a great job making everything work between the two shows. On the commentary track, they talk about how they really took their time crafting the story on this one. I mean, they, they put it aside and come back to it. And, and Batman was more realistic as Superman's an alien flying around town. Right, they had to think as they were going from the old Batman, the animated series, where the probably the most craziest thing on that show was Clayface. Mm. You know, I mean, the most out there thing was Clayface, but everything was fairly and grounded. Yeah, but I mean of the recurring things, yeah. But, yeah, so they had to rethink, in a way, how to make it work. And they did. I mean, you know, then this this opened things up, you know, for, for Batman, too, because in the new Batman adventures, there were, you know, you had magic and you had the demon and Clarion and things like that. Okay, let's get this over with. No one likes the new Batman Adventures Joker design. It's bullcrap. <laughs> Even Tim and company admit that it was a mistake. You know, the, then why did they change it if this was their so-called first one? Well, they didn't. They didn't realize it until later. I thought it was funny on the commentary track. It says that Paul Dini 
like actually went to Gene McCurdy, who was their boss, and complained about it. So he basically, he, Bruce Tim, you know, he didn't like it. So yeah. he, I guess Bruce Tim and, and Glenn Murakami were all behind it, and everybody else was kind of like, eh. But time's proven, yeah, them them you know them wrong. So I'm glad they changed it when they did. Uh, well, they changed it first in Batman Beyond uh, Return of the Joker. Yeah. And they yeah. carried in the flashbacks. And don't forget Static Shock. He was on Static Shock and yeah. Justice League that way, too. Yeah. We, they have got to put Static Shock out on DVD. They should at least put the episodes, all the crossover episodes. Yes. Because there's enough to fill up a DVD. Yes. I mean, because there was like three different Batman ones, and one of those was with Batman Beyond. There's like at least... There's at least a Superman and a Green Lantern one, and then there's a Justice League one, two-parter. So that's, that's I mean, there might be another Superman one. I can't remember. But, I mean, there's at least that many. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Anyway, uh, we digress. Anyway, yeah, we With digress. With that being said, Mark Hamill's performance is still awesome. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's Mark Hamill. You know, come on. And the Joker. And, you know, I mean, as we record this, I think everybody probably knows, but we don't know what it's going to be like, but there's a new Justice League... Action, Justice League action cartoon coming on Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and Kevin Conroy, Joker, and the Killing Joke's coming out, and Mark Hamill's the Joker, and Kevin, Kevin Conroy's Batman. Batman. Yeah, so. and the artwork looks pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, from artwork. what what we saw of it, it looks more like Brian Ballen than the current than the recent anime anime influenced uh, DVDs. So, and on Comic Book Central. Uh, they had an interview with Brent Spiner, you know, Commander Data. Mm-hmm. He had done the Joker on Young Justice, mm-hmm. but he's going to be the Riddler on this Justice League action. Oh, okay. So, and he, him and Mark Hamill are friends, and he was talking about, you know, yeah, Mark's coming back as the Joker, so I get to be the Riddler. But, uh, which I thought, you know, that was cool. And he also mentioned the fact that, you know, Young Justice might be coming back. Too, which, if in case you didn't know that, too, I'm sure everybody does. Just but, watch Netflix, yeah. Young Justice, and it could happen. Yeah, go back and watch the Young Justice series on Netflix, because apparently that's done well enough for them. They're considering making that a Netflix series. series. Yeah, of Young Justice, so. Yes, we, you know, that'd be great. And today, uh, Andrew didn't get to watch it, but we watched with Danny the uh, the DC Superhero Hero Girls special on Boomerang. Getting back to the story. You know, the, the Air Force One rescue is a nice setup for Superman in this one. It, I like that it shows, you know, Lois, even though she needs Superman's help, she does try, grab the phone, you right. know. She's no dam- damsel in distress. She's not just screaming and yelling and hollering, which I always like Lois on, on the animated series anyway. Uh, it's funny, the, the creators in the commentary said the same thing I thought. You know, Superman comes in, you know, he turns the plane over and tosses the terrorists around Mm -hmm. because they're not strapped in. But my point is, all those other people, all of the other reporters, Lois was the only one that was actually strapped in. All those other reporters were standing up when she did that. Did they have time to sit down and buckle themselves They were all sitting down. No, they weren't. They were making everybody get strapped in. Yeah, they were all so they could keep them, yeah. Gosh, mom. Yeah, they were, they were, I think they were all strapped in and... So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, although, yeah, I guess Superman could have known that by using his x-ray vision to see who was standing up and who wasn't, because it is Superman. Well, you know? true. Okay. So, I but can see. he turns the plane around, tosses those guys around, then he opens up the, the door on the, the cockpit, on, I mean, on the plane, and the guys, the, the suction bring, brings them to him, and he, like, rears back, and it's a punch that would, you know, knock dark side a country mile. So, you know, they, they literally said on the commentary that that guy's brains would be splattered all over the cabin. Ew. You know? so, 
and they would, but it's like, you know, it, it's satisfying, you yeah. know, it works, so, yeah. The scene where Harley takes Mercy out is fun, but Andrew, you pointed out how'd she get changed that I mean, quick. she changed so fast, and then, like, not but a scene later, she's back in her Harley get-up. Yeah. Like, and you gotta she had tights on. Like, like the pantyhose or yeah, bare, bare. Whatever yeah. Mercy's got on, because her outfit is so short. It's a jacket. Yeah, it's she's got a jacket, jacket with jacket. no pants. <laughs> she's got spanks on underneath or what? I don't, I don't know. know. And, I mean, you got to think, Harley Quinn's outfit is one piece. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, it looks like it, yeah. How do you, I mean, mm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know. We'll forgive them. They, you know, even on, even though they try to be more realistic on these shows, every once in a while there's a Super Friends moment that creeps in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, type like that. Um, so, and this disturbs Andrew, I know. The Joker wears high heels. Oh. I mean, this is, <laughs> there's this whole bit where the Joker, you know, Harley's like, oh, a hitchhiker. And, and the Joker's like pulling his pants leg up and you see his leg. And at first it looks like a woman's leg. And yeah. then it's because... It, it, it the traditionally the Joker's got spats on his shoes, mm-hmm. and that's what the white thing that's is. That's what I always thought they were, and then I just realized. No, they're, that's time. what they're supposed to be. But they're, it was a visual. It was gag a visual that they gag. didn't take into account continuity before. Right? They they didn't care. They went for the visual gag. And I know. And I didn't know. care. So yeah, I like the hook of having Joker use kryptonite and hire him, hiring himself out to Lex. Uh, that was a great way for to hook the businessman version of Lex up with the Joker, mm-hmm. because you know Lex wasn't the the super criminal. He wasn't in the power armor or the Super Friends jumpsuit. He's the tycoon Lex, so it it made sense. I, I I like that. And they did do some episodes over time on the animated series where the Joker was strapped for cash. In the new Batman Adventures, they adapted the old comic story, The Joker's Millions, where he inherits a million dollars from. Or several million dollars oh, from yeah. that gangster, and it ends up being a, it's all counterfeit money. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so, so that was kind of a, you know, a running theme. And you know, through, and most of them were written by Paul Dini because he wrote, I think, almost all the Joker stories, if not all of them. So, <laughs> you, you gotta love the look on Clark's face when Bruce, like, totally sweeps Lois off her feet. <laughs> Clark is like got his head tilted like a dog. Confused. <laughs> bro, that's my girl. What just happened? Uh, Don't you realize I'm doing the Amish dating like in the nail and taking my time? <laughs> Call back to last episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I think that this the aspect of Bruce and Lois having a romance. I mean, obviously, this is something that's. It's totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in the old World's Finest comics and even the first Superman-Batman team-up in Superman's comic, they, you know, they toy with Lois's affections, you know, basically the, to keep her out of, keep her, keep her out of their way or to trick her into, you know, she sees, you know, Clark changing into Superman. Well, let's throw her off by acting like Bruce Wayne's Superman so Bruce Wayne will take her out and they'll... Him and Robin will fix up all this stuff to make him look like he's superpowered. That's like in the very first World's Finest team up. So, you know, they did that thing. And there were, there were like, imaginary stories where, like, Lois and Bruce Wayne married. But to actually do it in continuity here and right. actually have them, their continuity, to have a relationship was, was really cool. I, I mean, I, no, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. So, I like that. 
Everybody always remembers the Harley Quinn boing scene where she's on the pogo yeah. stick and just boing, boing. Oh, can I play too? And she's taking the guys out. So. She would have crushed that guy's face when she like. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably so. Yeah. The Wayne Lex T7 robots. I don't know if they were on the Justice League cartoon, but Andrew, you. I have an action. Well, an action figure of one of the little robots, and it's got Martian Manhunter in the middle, and you like spinning around. Yeah. It's really weird. I think it came with. Like an accessory with a Martian Manhunter action yeah. figure or something at some point in the Justice League. Well, they said space and stuff, didn't they? Like, yeah, it was. It's supposed to be for space travel, so yeah. maybe it was on Mars. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure they show up on on screen again. It's like the Zeta. Well, it's probably when. Well, that's about the episode where Brainiac gets in and <laughs> takes over Bruce and everything, and it's from this. Episode. That's a oh, to this episode. Oh, yeah, the, the nighttime, uh-huh. that, which we'll talk about that later, yeah. Uh, well, it could have been in that, too. And I know they, they recycled things on Justice League that they had designs for, like the the Zeta robot from Batman Beyond mm-hmm. shows up as their, like, it's it's in their holodeck, basically, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, it changes into different villains while they're training and stuff, so. It's, you know, it's if you read between the lines, especially because they go out, he's asking all these questions about Superman, you get the impression that at first, Bruce was just trying to get close to Lois to find out what he could about Superman, maybe how to contact him, you know, to tell yeah. him what's going on. But, you know, quickly, you figure out that he really does, he's interested like in Lois, yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he's, he's got a, you know, some, there's a spark there. Uh, we get a brief appearance by Bibbo, who's voiced by Brad Garrett, which is, you know, fun, because, and then he's also Lobo on there, so that's nice. It's kind of weird, I think, in our heads, we kind of tend to think that, that Superman and Batman were at odds in this movie, and I mean, there's, there's definitely some animosity, especially concerning Lois, but the only real tussle is the, nightclub, the judo throw, and then the body slam, and that's it, I mean, they didn't stretch it out and do a two and a half hour movie, you know? Right. (laughs) It's Ooh. it's 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 Ooh. interesting. It's interesting that we're you know we're get and and uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that at the end of this. I, I, I want to have a little discussion on that. But uh, <laughs> you know the the guys the Tim and company again. They they said you know yes Batman does judo throw Superman. That's judo. That's how he throw. That's how he yeah. manages to throw Superman over his shoulder because right. he uses judo, and then he cracks. Superman, Superman crack, cracks Batman's cracks ribs. Batman's ribs. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, Bane. You know, hadn't ever done. Uh, you know, he's probably would have like cracked his spine. I'm sure, but you know, it kind of surprised me that Batman didn't have his cow lined with lead. Hello, he was going to Metropolis, Superman City. That's just poor planning on the great detective's part. Yeah, not poor planning, just sheer stupidity. The the, the the Batman that we the Batman that has emerged over time in the past thirty years that is always prepared for everything. It's hard to imagine. And they call Superman the Boy Scout. Right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good point. Be prepared, Be pre- motto. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, because even in the comics, there's a cool exchange. You know, Superman asks Batman to investigate this scrapbook that 
uh, it's this long involved, involved story, but it was Ma Kent's scrapbook, and it was stolen. He gets it back, and he asks Batman to, you know, it's it's just about, it's it, it's a scrapbook about Superman sightings, even before he officially appears in costume as Superman. And uh, he gets it back, and he has Batman, you know, who had it, what, you know, what what's going on. And Batman tells him, well, this, this, and this. And he says, and, you know, I know you're Clark Kent. It's like, well, how'd you find that out? And he goes, well, it's, you know, it's my business to know things. And, and, and as Superman's flying off, he's like, see you later, Bruce. And Batman's like, and after all that trouble, I went to line my cow with lead. <laughs> you know, it's like, so Superman figured it out somehow. Yeah. But without, well, he is a reporter. Right. And he does have other sense, super senses yeah. besides his x-ray vision. But it's still surprising that Batman didn't do something with this cow here, yeah. Couldn't he, like, listen in on the vocal cords? Right, yeah, that's what I was like, I mean, yeah. Speaking of vocal cords, i got to bring this up. I think you guys might have walked out of the room. You guys should just go listen to the commentary track instead of me talking about it. Bruce Tim said that, you know, Tim Daly, they, of course, they liked Tim Daly as Superman. He always did a great job and was a great guy, they said. But they were always trying to get him to get a little bit deeper, to get a little, get down and get a little more, you know, with his yeah. Superman voice. And they said when Conroy, Kevin Conroy came in and first spoke as Batman, they said the look on Tim Daly's face was just like, uh, like, what? <laughs> you know, where's, this guy, where's this coming from with this guy? And they said, and then after that, you know, he was all talking, just like he was doing his Superman voice, like got real deep for the first time ever. He just really, uh, you know, because, you know, with, I mean, you know, he machoed up with yeah. with Kevin Conroy and they're talking like this. You know, I mean, this guy, you know, he's got to, you know. <laughs> that would if make... you could see the, what Christopher's doing, it's just, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was, uh, that was cool. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I always kind of, I like, I I'm always go back and forth which Superman I like better because Tim Daly wasn't available when they did Justice League. Mm -hmm. So they cast George Newbern and they have a very similar sound but George Newbern's Superman is a little more emotive than Tim Daly. And I think part of it works because Superman was coming from a different place at the end of the animated series because he, you know, Darkseid brainwashed him. He had to earn everybody's trust back. He, he had kind of been through the ringer. Mm -hmm. And a good chunk of Justice League, you know, I mean, like the whole Cadmus thing, he's being painted as being this... He's been kind of a jerk, it seems like. But in the end, he's right. Right. Because he knows Lex is up to something, and he, he is right. Lex is up to something at the end. So it kind of works that he's a little more aggressive than Tim Daly. So I think it, I think, I don't know if that was them telling him to be more, or it was just how Newburn did it. But either way, it makes sense mm -hmm. in continuity. So I kind of go back and forth which one I like. I, I think it was funny, you know, Andrew watched this, you know, uh, a bagillion times. A bagillion times, you know, when he was a kid. And we were watching it last night. And, and when the Batman's got the, you know, the Carlini's guy up against the wall. And he's like, where's the Joker? And he's like, I don't know. Making ha-ha with Harley Quinn. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> it blew my mind. They, they put that in there. Freaking kid's show. And I didn't even know. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Yeah, they sneak little sneak little things in there I that felt so awkward when I saw. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did like that. You know, 
getting back to the whole reveal thing, I, I like that you know Batman Superman finds a little bat transmitter bug and yeah. and he uses his telescopic vision and you just get closer closer to Batman and he's looking at him with the binoculars and as soon as he realizes he sees him he just like waves at and him Batman's and Batman's like tag you're it yeah nowadays if it was in this one in modern comic he probably would have flipped him off when he finally yeah him, probably you know? so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you know the next day when or I guess it's a few days later because Bruce Batman says it's been three days and he hadn't you know caught yeah anything, three nights three yeah. nights of the Joker but next time you see him together at the Daily Planet Bruce really rubs in on Clark he's like you had your chance you know about Lois yeah I mean he really did you know you know, he stews you loose soups you know yeah. I mean come on you know a, a woman like Lois ain't gonna stay on the market forever bud you know yeah. <laughs> somebody gonna snatch her up you know come on um you know <laughs> but even Joker knows Bruce is living dangerously because you know everyone thinks Lois is Superman's girlfriend I mean Joker says it's like Ah, you live dangerously, you know. Yeah. Everyone knows it but Superman. <laughs> you know, everybody gets that Lois is your girlfriend. You guys are a couple. But Superman, you know, even a, a comic with tw for 20 years that said Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. But was she really his girlfriend back then? But we then? really can't say no. anything because how many times did people say when you and I were dancing around, well... Isn't that your girlfriend or isn't that your boyfriend? We're like, no, no, we're yeah, just but, best friends. But it really, that really only took, you know, like maybe six months. It took them 50 years <laughs> to, <laughs> to <laughs> finally get married. So you guys were asking last night when when the whole Joker's gang comes in on the roof and they grab Lois, Joker grabs Lois, shocks her with the joy mm -hmm. buzzer, and they start shooting at Bruce when he comes at, at him. They're shooting around him. You guys were thinking, man, they're horrible shots. I was thinking that Joker hadn't told them they could kill him yet, you know. Or so, they went to the same school that the Stormtroopers did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which apparently they got a better Stormtrooper Academy, you know, nowadays, in between yeah. the, in the new movie because they are a whole lot better shots nowadays. So I mean, they freaking obliterated a whole village. Yeah, they, they've come a long way since, you know, running from Han when he comes around the corner and screams at him. You know, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. You know, Bruce's escape from the ledge is cool. I mean, he gets on the, like, the, the painter's, uh, what do you call this thing? Scaffold? Uh, yeah, the window washer. Yeah, window thing. washer. Yeah, window washer's scaffold thing. And it goes down and they shoot it and he falls. But it, He fell like 10 feet. Yeah. Five or 10 feet. And then his arm his arms would have ripped out of socket. <laughs> yeah, he grabs all the legs. Yeah, I mean, And no. for some reason, I, you know what I think it is? It was because he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah. If he was in his Batman costume, he wouldn't have blinked at it. Now, why is that? Because, because he's magic got powers. armor. He's got, oh, he's it's got armor it, underneath. It's oh, armor. there you go, there you go. Keeping, maybe, his, keeping his sinews no, together. No, maybe, just maybe, Bruce Wayne has, like, stuff underneath his suit. And maybe they did hit him. We just didn't see it, and it bounced off because he's wearing a bunch of crap. I'm sure he's got some kind of Kevlar or something, something underneath him or something. I don't know. Yeah. He, he, yeah, but if things went really well with Lois, how was he going to explain that? <laughs> hey! He's a, hey, he's a billionaire that's worth a lot of money. Well, true. True. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm always glad to see Jack Kirby, I mean Dan Turpin, on <laughs> Superman Animated Series. I just love that the fact that they based you his, know, look. his look on Jack Kirby. I love his eyebrows. Oh, so, yeah. He's got those, like, and they, like... They look like my eyebrows. They, they go into his... I was his... thinking of your daddy. What? <laughs> look, my eyebrows. <laughs> what are you trying to say? 
You two have bushy eyebrows. Well, good lord. <laughs> he's got, he looks like he's got freaking. It looks like he took his armpit hair and just glued it on. <laughs> That's what I think, Gwen. You're talking about Dan Turpin, not your daddy. Both. You better not be talking about Jack Kirby either. So Superman ain't no dummy, part one. He wears his lead suit, you know, when he goes to meet the Joker. Because Batman's told him he's got Kirby. Unlike Batman not having enough suits to wear lead. Right, right. Superman's got a lead, yeah. So he... Now, they had a toy that was similar to that, but they never quite made that in the Kenner action figure line. They made one, that, but it was blue and red. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the gray's kind of dull for kids, so, you know. I thought... Oh, go ahead. But the gray that you would think they would have used for that suit, they they had a whole line of action figures that were that same kind of gray. They had all the Justice League figures. With gray and then their main colors. Yeah. There was yeah. Batman, Green Lantern, Superman, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. I have all of them. Yeah, they come in a box I've got set, the I think. Woman. Well, I've got the Wonder Woman as a single, I think. Oh, well, maybe they did. Okay. No, because she took the Wonder Woman out of mine. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. I remember this stuff. Oh, well, there you go. The Joker does this weird dance around Superman while he's down and he's joy buzzing, and that reminded me of. Jack Nicholson in the 89 movie. Oh, in the, you know, uh, like you could hear in the beautiful, museum? Yeah, in the museum and then in the church when he's dancing with Vicky Vale. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could hear a beautiful dreamer, you know, as he's dancing around. I thought it was cool. One of the, my favorite parts about this is that Superman is the one that thinks of using the acid on the kryptonite. Because in a lot of, I mean, going way back in like early World's Finest stories, and especially like from the 70s onward, they would portray... Superman as a brawn and Batman as the brains. Yeah. To the point where Superman was pretty thick-headed sometimes just to make Batman look more smart. Good. Yeah. yeah, make Batman more equal. More equal. So, you know, Batman's smart and Superman's just the muscle. Yeah. But I like the fact that he's like, no, crypt- the kryptonite, you know, and and which which it works and to get him out of there. I really like that. That's that's the I mean, that's the guys the creators playing fair. This is actually a Superman episode. Yeah, kind of, Batman v Superman. Yeah, it's kind of... Put Batman's name in front of the freaking Superman movie. Well, yeah. that's because Batman's movies have made more money. That's that's what that is. But he sells more merchandise. But that's kind of sad. As big, as big of a Batman fan as, as I am, I always think Superman should be the guy. Yeah. He should be the main guy. He should be. And if he's not, then they're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong, DC. <laughs> You're doing a lot wrong. But He's the Boy Scout. Right. Well, not anymore. Yo, no, now he's like, in the comics, he's like Batman light, you know, with his, whatever. Let's not get into that. Uh, <laughs> I, I did like that, you know, Superman gets him out of the, out of the uh, lab, it's blowing up, and, and he, as soon as he lands, I mean, they're almost not even on the ground, Grant, and Batman yeah. like, like pulls out from under his arm, kind of shoves him away, you know? Yeah, <laughs> don't touch me. Well, yeah. this is woman. Yeah. Even if she doesn't know it's him, he's still got it. No, I think he just don't want no, Superman don't touching want Superman him. Touching yeah, it's like, good, yeah, you saved me. I, yeah. He didn't like that Superman had to save him, I don't think. Now, later on, he gets over that because he goes looking for Superman's help yeah. when those robots are chasing him. And then, you know, I think one of the best parts that, that I always think about is, you know, Lex and, and Joker are having this conversation. Of course, Lex gets a hold of the Joker and, like, screams in his face. And Lex looks like he's, like, 50 times bigger than the Joker when he's, like, yeah. screaming at him. But, but... This fight that goes on with Harley and Mercy back and forth, 
that's just like in front. I mean, you just see like parts of their bodies come by in front of the camera yeah. as it's going on. It's, it's not it. Like, it's like an old Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah, it kind of is. Now, what gets me about that at the end of that mm-hmm. is, you know, you think about it. Lex just lost mercy. Get the car. Yeah. On the other hand, Joker, who's who is the acknowledged homicidal maniac, is like. Good going, Slugger. I mean, he actually acts like he cares more about Harley than Lex does about Mercy. Well, today he does. Well, but I'm saying, <laughs> But the thing with know, the Joker is, is sometimes he's affectionate to her, and other times he throws her out a window. But in this particular instance, yeah, that's what I'm but saying. But you're right, yeah, yeah. She but, was in that skimpy dress, remember the pie? Yeah, and kicks her out. <laughs> well, that was based on the the Mad Love. That's from Mad Love, right? That was based on the the comic. Even though it was an animated series comic, the comic came first, and they adapted. It. They can get away with more in the comic, but that's the thing with on you know. And I listened to the Batman the Animated Podcast, which is a great show. I'm sure most people have have listened to it, but it's it's, it's a pretty popular show. But it's it's interesting when he has guests on there. When he has especially. Well, he had Joe R. Lansdale, who's the you know the horror sci-fi writer that wrote several episodes of Batman animated. They talk about how the new Batman Adventures that was aimed more toward kids, and I struggle with that because I can't decide. I think because they added Robin in every Robin and Batgirl in every episode, and I think because they weren't doing the 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 the, the crime noir like gangster stories like they did. I mean, you know, they had supervillains on Batman animated series, but occasionally they'd have just the, like it's never too late about the, the we always bring up about the, the gangster and his uh, and his brother that was the priest mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and Tony Zuko and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And that was his uncle was, was you know, Balestra, Sal Balestra or whatever his name was. But they had, uh, they, 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 they would do episodes like that. They didn't do that on the new Batman Adventures. So in that way, I do think it was more aimed, you know, it wasn't quite as mature in that way. But in a lot of ways, it was it was more violent. Uh, there was, they got away with, I mean, they got away with throwing Batgirl off a roof and her landing on a cop car. Yeah. They could have never got away with that on Fox. No. Wouldn't no. she have died instantly? Well, uh, probably. She fell like a bajillion feet. That's what it looked like. Yeah. But, I mean... So, it you know they they really, I, I when they when the people say that I'm like well, it kind of was and I think they tried to maybe make it like on the surface more kid aimed, but I think Tim and them they just did what they wanted to too and they ended up finding a group of the the, the WB's broadcast standards weren't nearly as strict as. Foxes had been. But I think, though, with any television show that wants to have a lasting run, that they know they need to appeal not only any kid's show, needs to appeal not only to the kids, but also to the adults. Like, yes, we're talking about Batman, but look at Sesame Street, for instance. When you watch Sesame Street, that is obviously aimed for the two- to six-year-old crowd. But there are a lot of jokes on there that only adults are going to get. Right. So I think that applies to any long-running TV show that you want. If you want it to run for a long duration, you want it to be able to draw in or at least have appreciation from the adults that are paying the bills for that TV to be on. Like Phineas and Ferb. 
Right. Right, exactly. Or Gravity Falls or anything Gravity like that. Gravity Falls for life. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's true. I yeah, mean, you know. Oh, I think so, definitely. And I, I think they every show they did, you know, every show that that Tim and his group did, that adults and kids could watch it. And then, you know, like Andrew, he's watching them now, and he's seeing things he didn't see exactly. before. He's getting it now. He's getting. He has hormones now. Yeah, he, yeah, right, right. He's getting things. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm sorry. He's getting things he didn't get before, but. I was just saying, and I think a lot of people think that they aimed it more directly at kids, and they may have, but they're, they were sly enough to slip in things that were even less kid-friendly than what they did in the first version. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I'm, I, I, That's how Gravity Falls did the stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what you get out of it is different than what Danny does. Now, I liked the Lex-Batman confrontation yeah, because they really show that Lex, you know, Mister Lex is very—he's like we said—he's unflappable usually. But I mean, Batman like just leans in on him. He's like, <gasps> you know, yeah. which, which I like. Well, you, if just, you just wake up in the middle of the night and there's like some freaking demon bat creature <laughs> yeah. that just beat up your slave. Yeah, I mean, what the crap? <laughs> yeah, I'd be scared. I would have pooped my pants by now. And, I didn't wear my brown pants. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, and 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 poor Mercy gets she gets so beat up <laughs> I feel I bad know. for her I actually feel bad she gets again the whole deal when the guys come in and Mercy's just laying there he's like get out it's like what were they thinking happened there that's now that's something that is very you know there's a whole other layer of adult what an adult would think what weird stuff was going why on why was she in his room why was she unconscious <laughs> Why was she, was Lex knocking her around? Were they, you know, uh... He was in the bed, she was on the ground. Right. They come in, they hear some banging. Right, yeah, so, I mean, so, that you know, there's there's some questions there, you know. Yeah, and then, and then, we see Bruce without a shirt later, and Lois is, Lois is tending to his wounds, and Lex has freaking nipples, and Bruce doesn't. Right. What's the crap? <laughs> Yeah, they make a point. Andrew's like, he's got nipples. When Lex was in bed, I'm like, oh yeah, he does. But then Bruce later, Andrew's like, he doesn't have nipples. Maybe when he was in the fight, like his nipples just got knocked off. Yeah. Well, when he caught himself when he was falling, that's <laughs> just, just straight small. <laughs> that's why he used to have little nipple protectors on the old Batman costume. <laughs> <laughs> The, Sh- the Schumacher movie's nipples explained. Robin's like, why do the costumes have nipples? He's like, you don't want to know. I lost my nipples in Metropolis. <laughs> uh, so, moving on. Man, Lois sure moves fast. She's already going to transfer to the Gotham branch of the planet. Andrew asked this question, how much time does this story take over? Yeah. I mean, it's probably at least a week or yeah. more, maybe two weeks they're or something. Ab- they're about to get married or some crap. <laughs> yeah. Like she's moving to a different city for a guy she's known for a week. Yeah. She just wants the money, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's what it is. I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but no. Oh, and then after where... <laughs> Christopher! And after where he oh. almost died, now that she knows that people are going to kill him, she gets all the money. <laughs> That's right. Dick Grayson, you are out of the wheel. Tim Drake, gone. <laughs> like, Alfred, 
Sorry, sucker. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, shoot. Now, Batman gets the jet wing packed and flies. You know, I've heard some people say that they don't like that, the jet wing pack. That's kind of the bridge too far for them. But at part of, I think part of, of having Batman in a universe with an alien superhero right, and right. all this, they had to gadget him up a little bit. To you make know, it a more even playing field. Right, right. So I, I don't have any Why problem with it. Why need that? I mean, he just flew over there. Why couldn't he just grappled, glided? Yeah. He honestly didn't need it. And the one episode where, you know, Robin quits, it made sense, almost. Because, hmm. you know, he was... Yeah, it was a whole... Uh, well, they were on top they were of the... Skyscraper. Yeah, Skyscraper, because the Joker but was this on... was on, like, at a dock or something. Yeah, it was yeah. at Hobbs Bay, yeah. Like, what the crap? Yeah, well, he had to get over there quick. So, yeah, I mean, apparently it was, was on the other time. side of town. Grapple, grapple. I've played the Arkham games. It ain't that hard. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So, I like how Superman saves a cruise ship. He takes a boat, uh, uh, like a escape boat, and shoves it into the hole and then uses his heat vision to weld it into place. It reminded me of Superman 3. The only bad thing is, is, you know, he shoves it with the point in. Mm-hmm. To me, it would have made more sense if he had folded it straight up. But then it would have snapped. Yeah, because but you think about it. He's shoving it into there. What's beyond that inside the ship? If he had put it... Around it. Well, too much logic. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm just something I noticed. I, I mean, you know. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Moving on because you don't like that I make a point. Yeah. Well, no, I just don't get that. I'm. I'm sorry. I just. I. I didn't. It made sense to me. You. He plugged. The, he plugged the hole and then he welded around it with his heat vision. You know. No. 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 Okay. Well. Uh. Well, like we pointed out, Batman heads to the planet. Hoping to find Clark there because he's not stupid. So that's nice. And then Lois finds out that Bruce is Batman. OMG. I mean, that was really legitimately shocking. I'm like, whoa. I mean, I was waiting for, you know, super amnesia kiss or something at the end. Well, I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, she's like, when were you going to tell me on the honeymoon? Yes. Bruce might have been thinking, thank God she knows this is who I am because she's already planning way too fast. (laughs) What? Again, she's got the pre. I told you. <laughs> she's got the prenup drafted. You know, I think so. <laughs> I, I one thing I will say, and I don't want to keep. You know, we obviously we can beat up on new comics all day long, but this Lois doesn't even consider exposing Batman's secret identity. No, she never. I mean, not even Batman, let alone Superman. And in the current comic books, she exposed Superman's secret identity. Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, so, we'll just leave it at that and say, wow. Batman says, you know, Bruce says she likes Bruce Wayne, doesn't like Batman, likes Superman, doesn't like Clark Kent. And Superman says, well, too bad we can't swap, you know, swap, around, swap yeah. around. But I think that was definitely a nod toward all, and Bruce kind of smiles at him when he says that. That was definitely a nod toward all the world's finest stories where they would switch places, like that first issue of World's Finest where they teamed actually teamed up. Uh, and then... We get it in the next team up nighttime. We actually get to see that. Right, that was great. Like he has a little uh, butt chin. Yeah, it was weird. Wait, which Clark? Talk about butt chin. Does Clark have the butt? Yeah, chin? he's got the butt chin. It's weird because Clark had the butt chin. Batman doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Gordon notices. Yeah, Gordon looks at him kind of, even though he's he's using precise muscle control to sound right. like you know Batman, which I think is cool. Yeah, I love that episode. And and he even sounds like Tim at one point. Tim's like, 
don't, don't ever ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That's a, we'll, have to, we'll have to cover that one sometime. So Lex double crosses the Joker, and then the Joker double double crosses Lex. I that's like that. Yeah, that, that's I nice. know. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, you said you brought this point up, Cindy. I'm sorry. How long did it take Harley to paint? Spray paint. Spray paint. Look, I mean, you know, that's at least, that, you, know, you know, how, how many big hours? that was? <laughs> not just hours. That would take months. <laughs> yeah. Or at least several days. Yeah. No, not several days. That thing is bigger than our every house down this road. <laughs> it's like a freaking Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That, that thing's humongous. The best part is, I know he's kind of looking at Lex because he's behind it, but the Joker turns to the camera and's like, I love to customize all my stuff. You know, it's yeah. just, it's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. Just like Batman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they have that in common, you know. That's one thing they do have in common. You know, it's never a bad thing when you get to see Superman fight robots because he can just tear them up. Right, Which is right. cool. They're the only thing that would have made it better if he punched the laser beams. Which, <laughs> what is with you? Then? I, I don't get it. awesome. Because I mean, it's every time the, you see it, you're like, yes! When in... in in the first Fleischer cartoon, he punches the laser beam that's coming out of that mad scientist's, you know, uh, headquarters. And I, ever since I saw that, I was like, it's just awesome. I mean, Supergirl punched the laser beam a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. I it mean, looked awesome, too. It looks awesome. And, and even, I mean, Henry Cavill pretty much did with the thing from the World Engine. I mean, and so, he turned into Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's strange, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like, I also like that, you know, Superman, he's thinking, you know, when the robots smashes him with the door, he's like, I'll have to thank Lex for the lead line door. And then he, you know, yeah. then, he, then he uses it to just smash him into the side of the mountain. That was awesome. They, again, thinking Superman. We like that. So what do we think of... Wait, before you talk about that. Okay. What about all those little pieces of kryptonite that go in the river and they're washed down the river... I can't remember if they come back up or not. There's something in the back of my head that says they do, that that comes back up again. Well, I would certainly hope so because that's a lot of kryptonite. And the Metallo episode. Did there's it. some. That's what I was thinking because there's a Metallo episode. I think it's called Action Figures or something because it it literally is about these kids that are playing with like a Superman action figure, and Metallo shows up. You and know, he just looks like a robot. And he looks like a robot, and so they, they, he befriends these kids enough to... And he doesn't remember yeah, who he is. Yeah, there's something weird going on. And then Superman comes up after him, and I'm, I'm not... They, it might not be related, but I'm thinking that it is. Maybe I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I saw it. But in the back of my head, they usually picked up... I mean, they picked up the fact that Brainiac blasted Lex... In that one episode, and it should have killed him. They made it into the whole plot of the Justice League. Well, yeah, yeah, season. season. Yeah, I mean, you know, so you know, they they very rarely left anything laying that they couldn't pick up and use again. So, okay, now, so what do we think of Batman's claws? It looks like the Batman. That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah, I've been rewatching it on Netflix, and I saw that I was like, oh snap. Hmm. Hello, Forrest. Our dog. Forrest wants to be on the podcast. Our, guys. our beagle, Forrest, decided to come in here. And, and he, what do you think about it, Forrest? He just licked my uh, elbow, so we're good. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> he just wants to come in here and say, "I just want some petting." Yeah, it's like you want to pay attention to me. Uh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Batman actually, when he's getting ready to jump out of the Batwing, which has been blasted, he he like. Pops his claws, Catwoman style, and it jumps out of the plane and lands outside. That was kind of almost like what? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I do. What I love is they're inside, you know, they're inside the cockpit. Everybody, all the players are in there now. Mm-hmm. And the Joker's marbles go over and start blowing up. And Batman's like, this place is, it's going to blow, you know. And, and it's like, you get Lex, I'll grab Quinn. And Superman gets Lex, Batman grabs Harley. Nobody ever even considers grabbing the Midgets. Joker. He's going to come back. Right. They they know <laughs> the, the other two will die. But the Joker will never die. <laughs> but yeah, they I guess but it's like, you know, Lex is and and Harley are almost just as bad as the Joker. Right, right. So why save them if you're not gonna, you know, try to say it's it's it's, it's, it's because the Joker's design sucked and they were just like, <laughs> Let's get rid of him. It's over. Maybe when he comes back this time he'll be better drawn. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there we go. Okay. Well there you go. Uh, best exchange in the whole three part three parter is to put in, you know. At this point, he probably is. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. At this point, he probably is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, of course the Joker's body isn't found, and it's not because he's immortal, Andrew. I keep on saying that because it makes him mad. He gets all red, and he's like, it's not because he's immortal. It, okay, I'm going to say this isn't going to be popular. Everyone can whack Scott Snyder's car all they want, but he just destroyed the character's mystique with that little reveal. Some things are better off unexplained, kids. Don't break the toys. Others want to play with them later. So that's all I'm going to leave it with that. So that's that's, that's Drop the mic. Boom. Boom. That was Chris Franklin's soapbox. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the final scene with Lois and Bruce, is it's, it's kind of brief considering how serious they got, but they got to wrap things up, you know. So uh, I thought that was, you know, it was nice. There was a nice parting with Bruce and Clark. They're not quite super friends, but... But what kills me is, you know, I just found out that you are Batman, and so, you know what, I don't want anything to do with you, but, you know, Superman, that I, I want him. I want... You know. <laughs> Good point. What? <laughs> well, Superman's, you know, he, the difference is that Superman's an invulnerable alien for the most part, whereas Batman's just some dude running around in his underwear swinging around from buildings. Superman flies in his underwear. <laughs> I'm just saying, super, Batman's a mortal Wait. person. But how many times has Superman almost died and died compared to Batman? Mm. I just thought about something. Okay. When Superman flies and he's got the underwear on the outside, wouldn't it blow off? No. That's what he's got a belt for. It's and got... then the boots. The boots would fall off when he's flying. <gasps> well, if you go by the John Byrne post-crisis way, he has that electrochemical aura surrounding his crap. Oh. That's bull crap. That's <laughs> bull. I remember that in that, that action comics annual with Skeeter. That was the one part you were just like, ah. <laughs> don't, again, don't try to over-explain things, kids. That's another example. You know, it's like, let's just, let, let it, it, getting back to the commentary. Like Bruce Tim said, it's like, you know, we can try to make this as realistic as we, as we want. There, Superman, there's no way that Superman realistically could fly. Now, he, you could say he could leap, the, the lesser gravity and stuff, but he can hover. You know, he can he can stop and start in midair, you know. So it, it there's no way to explain that. So don't even bother, you know. It's like, don't try to over-explain it, just... Just go with it. Does Superman put gel in his hair to keep it like that when he's flying? I'm starting to think about all this stuff. Just let it go. Don't let you're go. doing what they do? Don't overthink it. My head. Just have fun with it. You know. Yeah. You know, I have nothing bad to say about this this three parter movie. You know, it's it's near perfect. It's a near perfect way to merge the two worlds 
of Batman animated series and yeah, Superman. Batman Superman. <laughs> uh, you know, they really did. I mean, obviously, they really had a good handle on these characters. And they crafted a story that worked for everybody. I mean, Superman gets to shine. Batman gets to shine. The supporting casts Lois get to gets shine. to shine. Lois gets to shine. You know, so... You Mercy, know, Harley, Lex, Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's just, you know, why aren't Joker. these guys in charge of either the comics I'm or the movies? I'm telling you! Yeah, I just... It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, you know. But, but you know, speaking of before we before we sign off on this one, just... I just want to, I, and we've all got, we've got tickets to see Batman v Superman. When this comes out, the, it'll, it'll come out the next day. Actually, the, the preview will be that, that night, that Thursday night. Right, right. Now we've got tickets for Friday night and, uh, you know, we're, we're excited when to go. Of course, we're still all, I think all of us are a little apprehensive. You know, we're not as, we're not as gung ho with, you know, Civil as, War. We're like, ah, you know. Spider-Man and, and then speaking of new reveals, when they showed Doomsday, that's Donatello from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's who it is. Because he wasn't in the one trailer they showed. He was off the side. That's what happened. It was, like, it was like Godzilla effect. That's what happened. He just got bigger. And yeah. But here's... I, I, I brought this up, I think, on another podcast at some point. I don't know if I did or not. But if I didn't, I'm going to bring it up here. I've had a number of people at my work. They know I'm the comic guy, you know, and everything. They have asked me... Why are Batman and Superman fighting? I had somebody ask me again yesterday, what, what's the deal with that? Why are they fighting? I thought they were friends. I thought they were in the Justice League. I thought they were the super friends. Yeah. I, now, I'm not saying that's going to be a, that it is, but with that many people coming up to me, I wonder if that's not a stumbling block that they didn't think about when they decided to go into this, you know, let's make them fight. Thing. You know, we all know the Dark Knight Returns. Right. You know, all the comic guys know, the hipsters know, but the, the general public. public doesn't know. They still think of, they either think of the the super friends, the older crowd does, or the younger the younger crowd that grew up on Justice League, they still were friends, you know. I yeah. mean, they, they, they weren't, they, you know, they'd bust each other's chops from time to time, but, you know, they, they start in here, they... They they became friendlier as it went along, you know. Right. They their friendship grew from here. So, you know, it, it makes me it makes me question, you know, maybe that wasn't you know maybe people at school talk about that. They're like, well, why are they fighting? Blah blah blah. Because they see so that, Adam that's West kind of, you know. all the time. They're like, well, why would he be fighting Superman? I mean, he's Adam West is like, yo, bro, I'm chill. He, Dan West, he's got that smooth voice and stuff. Everyone's like, "What? How can he be fighting Superman?" Well, and the the weird the the thing with you know, if you say, "Well, all the Marvel guys are going to fight each other in Civil War," yes, but it makes sense. They had built up. They've built it up. They've earned that because they. If you've watched those movies, you've seen the ideological differences develop, right. especially between Cap and. And Iron Man, I mean, the scene in Avengers well, Age of Ultron think. when they're chopping wood. And Iron Man, when he sees all them dead bodies, and when Scarlet Witch does that to him, that's why he wants to do this so bad. Right. He's seen all of his friends die this way, like, protection. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it makes it, it makes sense, more sense for them. Plus, there's part of it, if you've got, you, we've spent several movies with these characters, with all of them now. With we've only spent one movie with this Superman and no time with this Batman. Well, you're they're assuming a knowledge that the general public doesn't have. Right. Yeah. 
you know, because they're, you know, they want to wax Frank Miller's car again, you know, basically. I mean, that's, we're waxing a lot of people's car, but, cars, but I said cars, <laughs> but, yeah. They're dirty. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm just saying, I hope the movie does well, because I, I want the DC movies to succeed. I hope the movie, I hope, as I, I said this to Rob when we were talking about it when we did the Power Records, I hope this is... It's darkest before the dawn. You know, I hope this is it. I hope it, the, the Justice League movie that comes after this lightens up. Because the Marvel movies have shown you can have different different types of movies. You've got Daredevil, the, the Netflix series, which is dark, brooding, that. But they also have jokes in it. And then you've got the movies. Say you got Iron Man. He's always joking around. Right. Get serious. Captain America is more serious. Right. Yeah, I mean, they've got different, almost like different worlds, but they all mesh. Well, and you can have different genres and, and subgenres. Like Ant Man's a, a, a heist comedy in a way. Guardians of the Galaxy is a space opera slash comedy. You Captain America: Winter Soldier was a political thriller. You know, I mean, you can have all these different types of movies, different stories within this universe. So they don't all have to be grim and dark and brooding. You know, so let's let's open things up. You know, let's let's that's what I hope. That's what I hope we get with this. So. We'll keep our fingers crossed and, and hope that's what we get. But, you know, we'll see. So, you guys, uh, we good? We're good. We're good. good. So, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back soon. And uh, go see Batman v Superman. We'll see what happens. See ya. Bye. Bye. Supermates is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises Worldwide. He is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue my mommy and daddy. <laughs> Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at supermatescomic.blogspot.com or by visiting fireandwaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for Supermates and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. She's my best friend's girl
there's the Joker. Who knows? Making haha -ha with Harley Quinn. <laughs>